0: Did you know that root beer was invented in 1898 by Edward Adolph Bark in Biloxi, Mississippi? And that is where the original Bark's root beer was born. Welcome to the Lore of the South. Hey y'all, welcome back to Lore of the South with me, Kelly Cruz. All right confession time who has a Christmas tree up already we've been debating about putting them up early this year but we'll probably just wait until Thanksgiving day like we normally do and yeah I did say them we have multiple but wait hey I'm skipping a season here let's save the tree talk for December this is November the month of Thanksgiving the month where the pilgrims were thankful to the Native Americans for the very last time and it's also Native American History Month. So in honor of those who came before us, our episodes this month will be covering Native American legends or histories or both. We'll just have to see where the stories take us. I've referenced one of my favorite podcasts here in the past, Bigfoot Collectors Club. It's where I first heard about the Phantom Barber, and it's where I first heard about today's story. The Club cowboys had guest and actor Carl Tart on, and he briefly mentioned these two stories and after his brief retellings, they begged to be researched further and told to you all here. Welcome to episode 30, The Singing River. The Pascagoula River begins where the leaf and the Chickasaw Rivers meet. It then continues its ever-changing path south to the Mississippi Sound and into the Gulf of Mexico. The 80 Mile River is one of the last untouched freshwater sources left in the US. The river has no dams or levees, and has been allowed to maintain its own course for thousands of years. Along the banks of the river, there is a hum or a buzzing. Some say it even sounds like a flute at times, and that is why it's known as the singing river. Side is considered a natural phenomenon, of course, but have never been able to explain where the sound comes from. This rich riverland was the home of several bands of Native Americans, including a small tribe that both the river and city were named for, the Pascagoula, whose name literally translated into bread eaters. They believed themselves to be, if not the first people of the area, then amongst its first. Their folklore speak of how the first men crawled from both the sea, which we now know as the Gulf of Mexico, which is only a few miles to the tribe's south, or from the Pascagoula River itself. They say that the first men climbed from the waters and then laid themselves on the land to be baked and dried by the sun until they hardened into their human forms. They never forgot that they were a people of the water and were said to worship a mermaid-like deity. They lived well from the land and the waters that they had come from. They farmed, hunted, fished, and lived a peaceful existence. That is until a white man was seen approaching the village carrying a black book. The man had come to lead the Pascagoula away from their old beliefs and to follow the words from the book he carried. The people would sit and listen to the tales the pale man told them, and some began to turn away from the old waves. When this began to happen, it must have awoken and angered their ancient mermaid from her slumber. For she rose from the water on top of a geyser-like blast That formed a wall of water and began to sing a song so sad and captivating that her people all joined hands and began to sing along with her. With each phrase, the tribe took steps closer and closer to the river's edge until they were all, every one of them, man, woman, and child, were enveloped in the waters and drowned, leaving the white priest in blank faced horror on the shores. The Pascagoulas may have all lost their lives that day, but their spirits would remain free and unbound by the white man's book. And since then, on a calm night, if you venture down to the water's edge, you can still hear their singing. The first story is considered the older of the two legends of how the Singing River gained its voice. In this next story, it's thought that it has some heavy European influence, But I'll let y'all be the judge of that. Like in the previous story, the Pascagoula were known as a peaceful tribe. They were small and self-sufficient and held to their old beliefs about being the first people of the land in what is today southern Mississippi. A bit to the north of the Pascagoula lived the Biloxi, a tribe whose names translated into first people. They were a much larger band, more warlike, and very territorial. They also held the belief that they were the first people. Despite the two tribes' differences, they lived in general peace for generations. Until the chance meeting of Pascagoula's young chief, Altama, and the Biloxi princess, Enola. Upon hearing the young woman singing alongside the river, Altama fell instantly in love with her. But Enola was already betrothed to a chieftain of her own tribe, though she was against the match. The pair would meet secretly along the river's edge, until one day Enola agreed to come away with Altama to his village and be his wife. The princess's absence was noted almost immediately amongst the Biloxi. Her scorned betrothed was so incensed by Enola's betrayal, he mounted a war party to either retrieve his would-be bride or kill her and her new people. The Pascagoula all swore to protect their newest member and their chief with their own lives if necessary. But the Biloxi forces way outnumbered them, and they knew a fight would be hopeless. They all would be tortured, slaughtered, or enslaved. And rather than face that horrible fate, the tribe, all as one, joined hands on either side of Chief Ultama and his bride Enola, chanted their death songs, and walked into the dark waters of the river that was named for them until they all disappeared and it is thought by many today that that is where the humming song of the pascagoula comes from it's the death song from all of those who died for love on that day long ago now what really did happen to the pascagoula With the invasion, or settlement, of the Europeans in the area beginning as early as the late 1600s, many tribes were eradicated by diseases. The few Pascagoula that remained by the late 1700s were absorbed into the Biloxi and the Choctaw tribes. The Choctaw, being a much larger tribe, one of the largest in the southeast, did survive the colonization of North America. Many were forced west on the notorious Trail of Tears in 1833 though the Mississippi Choctaw were the longest to hold out. Through the decades, many more were forced to move west into the early 20th century due to the abuses that came from their white neighbors. All right, y'all. That was the sorrowful tale of the Singing River. While researching this, I found that Pascagoula really holds to their local legends. They have numerous places named the Singing River Everything from a hospital to a yacht club. It's nice to see a community that keeps history alive in even such a simple way. I also stumbled upon a song by Kenny Roberts from 1967 called The Singing River. I'll include it in the show notes for y'all to give a listen to. Hmm. Oh, what should we recommend this week? I really need to start a list of these things I've mentioned here because I can't keep up anymore. How about the Box of Oddities podcast? I don't think I've mentioned them. They are rated E for explicit, so listener beware. But if you like weird and sometimes obscure stories, I think you'll enjoy Cat and Jethro. They are a husband and wife team that take turns telling each other bizarre tales. And if you do give them a listen, tell them Kelly from Lore of the South sent y'all. And if you want to get in touch, you can email the show at south at gmail.com. Look first on social media. I always share pics to go along with every episode. And we're back on our regular schedule of every other week. So we'll talk to y'all next time on Laura the South.